So, humble brag, I had myself a little birthday uh, quite recently, but I was taking a look at our episode analytics, like the, uh, the content producer I am, and I noticed that the demographics breakdown in Anchor uh, for the age groups cuts off you know, 27-year-olds, and then the next group is 28 to 34. So now, as far as Anchor's concerned, I'm just another 34-year-old trying to recapture their youth through video games, so I'm over the hill, man. Give me a... I'm over the hill. You said it's... Is it 27 and up or 28 and up? 28 to 34. It's, it's 28 to 34, so I'm, I've am i officially hit the cutoff. So. Okay. Give me about a month, and I'll be right there with you, so... Don't you worry. Yeah, I think our, I think our biggest audience was the uh, the group right before that. So we're we're officially out of touch. So oh no, uh, ah! how's that TikTok, kids? <laughs> I can get jiggy with it. I I shared my fair share of minions memes once mm. or twice. Ay ay. But yeah, um, I mean, I've been at that point for a while now, but do you ever forget your age? Yes, constantly. <laughs> yeah. It's very much like that. I'm how much old again? Yeah, I really envy anyone who was born in the year 2000, because that's, oh, that, so that's just a cheat sheet right there. Like, oh, what's the year? That's my age. Yes. Uh-huh. If you were born in the year 2000, count your blessings, kid. Comment and subscribe and tell us... In a review, with a five-star review, uh, how old you are and how convenient it is. Yeah. But, uh, back to my original point, um, yeah, I forget my age, but that's not the only forgetting that's going on this episode. Whoa! Because, uh, we've officially made it Keyblade Wielders. We are entering Castle Oblivion to begin our discussion of Kingdom Hearts Chain of Memories. Cue the lightning clap in the background. Oh, But before we get into the full discussion, we have a different segment this week because we were we had a little surprise in our inbox. Mm-hmm. I didn't know this was a thing, but we have an official supporter of the podcast. <gasps> so, Esteban... Thank you so much for chucking us some some money with a U. Uh, really appreciate it. Yeah, show me those nickels, Daddy. <laughs> yeah, like I definitely was not expecting any sort of support like that at this stage of the podcast because I'm, you know, still recording in a closet as we <laughs> begin to bake in the summer heat. Oh, but, um, yeah, it's ninety right now. We're uh, gonna try <laughs> to keep it light, but knowing us, we'll uh, we'll see if that goes through. Yeah. But you know, maybe someday I'll I'll move up in the world. Maybe maybe I'll get a whole a whole bedroom to record in and someday that's not right next to a train track. But uh <laughs> But yeah, thank you so much, Esteban. Your heart is strong and your light is pure. So yeah, I mean I guess you know, you're a bit of a trailblazer, so if anyone else is so inclined, we, we have that handy dandy link at the bottom of every episode description. Uh, where you can go to check us some some pennies, the uh, the support link, you know, support or some combination thereof. But it's it's in the description. <laughs> Maybe I should have memorized that before officially plugging it. But <laughs> uh, if you want the official anchor, it is anchor.fm forward slash Kingdom Hearts by Heart, all one word. Nice. So 
it's never needed, but 100% appreciated. Yeah, because this, this train's going to keep on chugging no matter what. But, you know, we can we can buy better equipment, can upgrade the mic. Maybe I could get a computer that has actual memory space so we don't yeah. have to cut episodes short when I... <laughs> When I'm on the brink of complete disaster. <laughs> that's, uh, that's that's a fun behind the scenes uh, for everybody. That sometimes we'll be in the middle of a recording and Catherine will be, wait, why did I stop recording? And then literally be like, oh, my tablet is out of memory. And then we have to yeah, pause old throw Bessie files here. out the window. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It keeps us young. It keeps us on our toes. Yeah. You know? So speaking of episode description, uh, you can also find some handy dandy time codes in there to jump around the episode and choose your adventure as you wish. So up next we have the game corner, but if you want to skip to the discussion proper to get into the meat of this this tangled web of memories, uh, you oh, can yeah. do that too. But yeah, let's let's uh, pop out a quick old game corner. Hey, <laughs> I've been playing games. Yes. So uh. Sounds like you haven't been playing too much this week, so I'll, I'll take the charge. Yeah, I'll have some tail end stuff, but it's mostly going to be you, so uh, take me away, senpai. Take it away, Johnny. So, yep, no surprise, after I finished Infamous, I moved on down to Infamous 2, mm-hmm. and yeah, it's real good. Infamous 2 is like the perfect video game sequel, and that it's just better Infamous. Yes. So, like, oh, it's... Yes. It's everything you loved about the first game, but just noticeably improved. So it's not just like the same game. It's like the formula, I wouldn't say perfected, but as close to perfected as can get. So yeah, same game on the surface, you know, open world mission structure, but just everything just feels so much better. So like graphics right off the bat, much better. Oh yeah. Especially the animations, your character just feels more lively. Whereas in the first game, he's really stiff. And, like, you get caught on things really easily, and it's just kind of janky. And the first game took place in Empire City, which is just, you know, generic New York City ripoff Mm -hmm. in any open-world game. Uh, Infamous 2 takes place in New Marais, which is basically New Orleans. New Orleans. Which is, yeah, a really cool video game setting that I can't think of any other game that's taken place in a setting like that. So, yeah, it's just, right off the bat, it just has a much stronger identity as a game. But yeah, gameplay is much better. Uh, you get a ton, ton of new powers. Uh, the cool thing Infamous 2 does is, in addition to your electric powers, you can you can either about mid game you can either get ice powers or I don't really know what the evil powers are supposed to be. I guess it's like napalm, <laughs> but it's the whatever power. It's just yeah. evil. <laughs> evil fi- either f- evil fire napalm. Powder. Yeah, boom. exactly. But I always go ice because obviously ice is way cooler. Pun intended. Once again. So that's really awesome. And story's better. Like Cole's kind of likable this time. And then yes, Zeke also gets a lot of good screen time. As... Oh my god, he gets. A, I mean, mind you, Zeke had a really good arc last game. Yeah. I don't think he has a, a, a strong. I think we cut it, but yeah, we were talking about last episode, like. He's probably the best character in that game, and exactly, probably in this yeah. game as well. So yeah, he's he's, he's just very lively, and yeah. I don't know. He doesn't really have like too many bad moments compared to the rest of the cast. He's just just a good yeah. boy. Just a good boy. Yeah. So the other big change is the morality system. It actually kind of makes sense now because yes. 
It's represented through two new characters who are literally like the angel and devil on uh, Cole's shoulder. Uh, you got <laughs> Nyx and Kuo. So Kuo, uh, they're both conduits, aka you know your superhumans. So Kuo has the ice powers, Nyx has the evil powers, and then you can choose which one of them you want to exchange powers with, and that's how that works. Mm-hmm. But Throughout the game, like basically all the good choices align with Quo, and all the evil choices align with Nyx. So, like, there's an actual reason you would consider both options because Nyx, the quote-unquote devil, is a really likable character, I think, and she's really interesting. Yes, like, I, I like her more 100%. than Quo, to be honest. Mm, yeah, yeah. So you know, whenever she has a plan or there's a decision that kind of sides with her part of me is like but i do like nix but like your plan doesn't make sense so (laughs) (laughs) but um it still has the same issue where there's just no middle ground or like shades of gray where as soon as you choose one option you just treat the opposite character just like a complete idiot like how would you why would you ever suggest something like that like what's wrong with you you're so stupid i hate you Get out yeah. of my face. It's like, can you just tone it down a bit? Like, you can consider both sides. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, super fun. Uh, I think the major area where I guess it kind of takes a step back from the first game is just uh, the, the side content, like the side missions. It has a little less variety than the first game. Like, I noticed I was doing a lot of the same stuff more often. Whereas uh, that was something that yeah. stuck out to me in the first game as a plus. So that's a bit of a bummer. Yeah. But everything else is just so good. Infamous 2, good old game, really good ending, where you do actually have to make a morality choice that has some some interesting uh, ramifications on either um, side. So yeah. won't spoil it, but it ends on a good note. And it's interesting because like you would think it'd be like a trilogy, but like it kind of oh. completes the story. So like Second Son that's the next game like it kind of picks up where infamous 2 ends off but it's kind of like its own thing so exactly like if you played one and two you would you'd have some context but you can jump into a second son pretty blind and just benefit. yeah totally you, you just benefit yeah yeah so yeah that was that and then my next game to uh to bring in the summer i wanted uh you know a, a sunny game a a beachy game if you will a game where you can just really soak up those summer vibes and soak in the rays and you know enjoy the beach goers yes uh, so i picked up man eater oh! aka the <laughs> shark pg <laughs> oh i hate and love that pun oh I, I lucked out uh, PlayStation Store coming in clutch. Uh, the game ended up being 50% off. So I got it for 20 there, and I downloaded it, and I started playing it. And, I mean, the subtitle for this game should be, just be, it's exactly what you think it is. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. So I've been playing it for a few days now, and, yep, it's a shark game. <laughs> so it's super repetitive. Like, I've mentioned it a few times, but it's, like, kind of everything I don't like about open-world games were... All the side stuff, it's just the same thing. Like, literally, you'll just do the same mission over and over. Go here and eat yeah. ten things. No, 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 no. <laughs> but you're a giant shark, so it works. <laughs> yes. So, it's just dumb fun. Like, you get shark experience points. So, like, you get, like, little upgrades. Like, I have these, like, electric teeth where, like, when you bite on things, it, like, kind of stuns them. So, yeah, that's there, cool. There's, there's talent trees. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the game does a really bad job of just explaining everything. Yes. 
So it's definitely not without its jank. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, it's really fun. And like, I haven't finished it yet, but I feel like my opinion's not going to change because I, I have a good idea what this game is, even after just a few hours of playing. So mm-hmm. I'm enjoying it. I recommend it for, you know, especially when you can get it for the discount price and you just want a dumb old fun time. Hell yeah. This is a... I think it's kind of the antithesis of what we were talking about last week when it came to Biomutant. And, like, yeah, I, I guess it dips yep, into the same pool of, like, uh, Maneater isn't meant to be AAA, big boy game, come and get this sweet goodness. It very much knows what it is. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Whereas, yeah, all the reviews I've been reading about Biomutant is just, it's trying to be too many things at once. Yeah. So, like, yeah, like, Maneater, like, it's super campy, obviously, because that's kind of goes hand-in-hand, hand, or should I say fin-in-fin fin with any sort oh. of shark media. <laughs> so, yeah, it's just really dumb and silly. Like, a lot of the game is just jumping out of the water onto the land and, like, <laughs> just, like, bouncing around and, like, eating people and, like, a lot of the collectibles will, like be like over land so like that's a thing <laughs> and of course you got chris parnell is like the announcer so yeah he's just narrating everything with like super i mean i wouldn't say super funny but just comical dialogue of just super satirical and mm-hmm. just narrating the life of this giant shark <laughs> for those who don't know uh chris parnell plays uh cyril on archer he's also on snl he was Oh, there's another cartoon character he plays, but I'm blinking. He is Dad from Rick and Morty. What's his name? Jerry? Shoot. Yes. <laughs> that guy. So oh, really? I'm sure oh, you can okay. imagine his 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 voice in your head now. And yeah, I'm sorry my voice isn't quite as soothing <laughs> and smooth. Yeah, he's one of those people where you, you probably see him in the background. If you see his face, you'd be like, oh, he's very much like you see him. Oh, he's that guy! Yep. He's like, exactly. He's, yeah, he's one of those actors, definitely. Yeah, so, Maneater, super fun. But it's also really frustrating, because, like I said, like I have a pretty good idea of what this game is. But like at the same time, like it could be so much more if they just went 100% and if they just leaned into it so like yeah there's like all these different areas where like there's water and like one of them's like a beachside golf course and like you have like a bunch of missions around it which are the same missions as everywhere else but like as i'm like exploring it i'm just thinking like all right there should be a mini game that's just shark golf (laughs) Uh, oh Mm. where like you have like a beach ball and you have to like lunge at the beach ball to like hit it into (laughs) the different holes just go all out with it just make it super dumb super fun and then i was thinking like so like there's a dlc announced for it it's called like truth quest or something so i I think it like it's like all about like conspiracies and like ancient aliens and that type of stuff and like then it got me thinking of like like how dumb could you make this and i was thinking like what if like you play as the shark and like you just start solving mysteries as the shark (laughs) (laughs) So I feel like this could be a thing if they just, you know, added a little bit more creativity in the mix. I mean, I'm sure it was a low-budget game, so I'm sure that explains why it's very similar throughout. But Mm. it could be something special if it really takes off. So, yeah, yeah, check it out. Good, stupid fun. And we need more of that. Exactly. So that's what I've been playing this week. 
Uh, what are your little, uh, I was going to say appetizers, but I guess the opposite <laughs> of appetizers. I guess palate cleansers. Yeah. Ah, I'm a giant shark. I have so many rows of teeth. Like, I'm getting all of this flesh caught on them. I, I need a toothpick. What are, what are your toothpicks? <laughs> My toothpicks. Very quickly, we talked about a while ago the, uh, the big Pokemon trading guard craze. I think we ended with literally, or I guess it started with the fact that Target is wasn't going to sell Pokemon NBA and MLB cards in store. Literally, yep. as of the start of June, they said, "Hey, never mind. We're going to sell things in store again." Oh, I thought no. that was worth mentioning, just because of like this was made to be such a serious ordeal, and then like literally two and a half weeks later, hey, uh, we want to make money, so apparently. But moving on from that, and speaking of uh, first party Sony titles, uh, yeah. By the time this show comes out, probably a week. A week after this episode comes out, or sorry, a week before this episode comes out, June eleventh, yeah. to, to give a date, uh, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart will release for I think PS4 and PS5, but I've been watching nothing but PS5 footage. But yep. it's got me itching to go back, and we briefly uh, te- uh, mentioned this over text, but I'm, I'm going to need to start hunting down all the old Ratchet and Clank games because that's yeah. very much a series that. I played through rentals and played through other people, but barely yep. own any games myself. Yeah, I gotta hunt down my old ones, but I want to mention that Rift Apart will be coming out fairly soon. And based on playing, I think I've played most of the Ratchet and Clank series. Rift Apart looks to be—I'm very excited for this game. And that went, its a very zero to a hundred. Like it's only really happened over the past, like maybe three to four weeks. Oh, being like same story as bio mutant it's <laughs> <laughs> true 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 yeah no rift apart is probably the only reason i would want a ps5 right now i feel that for sure mm-hmm. and yeah it's super frustrating because there is the hd collection for the ps2 trilogy but it's not a ps4 which is womp, womp, womp. yeah like i like you said we were texting about this and i gotta explain like pretty much every other major Sony exclusive series you can get on PS4 either through buying on the store or playing through now. So like, yeah. I played Jack and Dexter, I played yeah. Sly. What um, Kevin's doing? Metal Gear Solid HD is on there. The DMC collection. Um, <gasps> I go and Shadow the Colossus. God of War. So like every like the entire PlayStation All Stars Battle Royale roster, basically. <laughs> oh my god! But uh, <laughs> there's a ton of Ratchet and Clank games on PS now, actually, but not okay. the PS2 trilogy. And then <laughs> so there's the PS2, and then there's the PS3 trilogy, which are the future trilogy. Yeah, well, there's a lot more games beyond that, but the quote-unquote okay. trilogy is, yeah, Tools of Destruction, um, yes. Quest for Booty, Booty, and then Crack in Time, and then there are a few other PS3 games after that, but those yes. are like, those are the first three on PS3, okay. but they don't have Tools of Destruction. <laughs> Wait, they don't have Tools of Destruction? No, so they have the other two, but yeah, like, not the first game, which is like, well, obviously you want to start with that. <laughs> And, like, that trilogy is actually super heavy on the story, where, like, each game, like, leads into the next. So, like, yes! you definitely want to play the first game. So oh, my God. It's, it's super uh, frustrating. Now I'm, now I'm just getting more aggravated. Because, like you were saying, like, the PS2 games are loosely connected, but they're very standalone-ish. But, like, yeah, the, I... the future, the future saga is literally like, hey, what if we cared about the story? So why yep. the... Oh, I think, like, every game ends on a cliffhanger, basically. <laughs> Yeah, so so keep me posted on your search. <sighs> Alrighty, I think that wraps it for Game Corner. Yeah, should move on. So, very small 
KH News Corner. Oh, yeah. Union Cross. <laughs> in, in, in Japan, I should say. Uh, the Union Cross story has now ended. So that's now a, that's now a closed book. So Yeah, I've to... seen bits and pieces. <laughs> and, like, I, I don't care about any sort of spoilers because I don't follow it. But from what I, what I have seen, I'm like, how does any of this connect to anything? So <laughs> grit your teeth, everyone. So, yeah, eventually we will cover... Yeah. All of that nonsense. Yes. Very long time. I would probably we'd probably put this like this is this is probably the last title we'll cover unless there's another title that comes out. Yeah, I guess that would make sense because like chronologically, it's yeah, the most like, recent in terms yeah, of it, it ending. Because so. mm-hmm, it it started in at least this current version started in 2016, but we've literally had Kingdom Hearts three come out during that time period, and then also Melody yeah. of Memory. So I I would yes. put this as the bu- this is the bucket end. At the moment. We we are aware that, you know, it's a big deal right now. Like I said, like, I haven't followed any of it, so I can't really put any sort of thoughts to words. <laughs> so, stay tuned. <laughs> yeah. We'll talk about it much, much later down the line. All right. That's your one-minute respite for bracing your inevitable fate. But uh, here we go. It's time for Castle Oblivion. Yeah! Yeah, so, uh, new game, Who Dis? So, Chain of Memories, everyone. Yeah. So, yeah, before we get, you know, deep into it, I figured we could just talk a little bit about our experience with the game, because, obviously, originally it was for the Game Boy Advance, and then yeah. it was released as a port for the PS2, which is how we're playing it now, uh, Recom. Come baby. So I'll just give my quick little one to... Yeah, go for it. I remember finding out that Chain of Memories was a thing, a video game magazine advertisement way back in the day. This was before I was, like, really active on the internet. Um, I was like, oh, wow. That's cool. <laughs> but, like, I never played it because I had a Game Boy Advance. I didn't have a Game Boy Advance. Mm-hmm. Until many years later, when I started getting into, like, ROMs and emulators. And then I played a little bit of it on a Game Boy Advance emulator. And I was like, I don't really understand this. This is weird. So I didn't really fall through with it. But um, before Kingdom Hearts 2 came out, I, like, I got recapped on everything. Like, I read through all the oh, summaries okay. and whatnot. So, like, I knew everything that happened, basically. So I was like, okay, I feel like I have enough of a grip. Like, I feel like I don't have to play this anymore, so... Mm-hmm. You, <laughs> you know, like, most people who didn't either didn't play Calm or didn't know it existed, and then started Cage yeah. 2 being like, who this boy? Yeah, so that was my history for a really long time, so 1.5 came out, and then I finally played through all Recom, and I was like, well, never doing that again. And then I had the, the bright idea <laughs> to start a Kingdom Hearts podcast, where we played through every game from start to finish, and now here we now are you ha- again. Now you have to care about Chain of Memories, you poor baby, poor baby! So, very quickly for me as well, I, I did own a Game Boy Advance. I'm not sure when I got Recom, or not Recom, Calm, I should say. It was definitely before 2 came out, at least. I couldn't give you an exact date, and TBH, I should have looked up the original con release date, but I, I think it came out in 2004. Uh, that sounds about right. So, yes, Smack dab in the middle between Cage and Cage 2, two years, two yes. years. We're gonna, we're gonna say that, and it's probably actually right, so we're just gonna... Yeah, it came out the end of year 2004, and then early 2005 for some regions, but yeah. I played up until one of the boss fights one of the latter boss fights so i never beat sora's story in original mm-hmm. chain of memories so i was i was kind of with it but also kind of lost when two came out 
And I probably wasn't sm- wasn't smart enough to be like someone just who's recapped Chain of Memories before two came out, and uh, yeah, so I kind of knew, but I never made it past the original campaign. And then when obviously when one point five came out, and uh, I replayed it then. I remember when Recom got announced because it came out. So I, we should specify that original came out in '04. But for us in, in North America, I should say, Recom was a very, very late PS2 game. Yeah, so originally it came out in Japan. I think it came out, I think it was included in Kingdom Hearts 2 Final Mix in Japan, which was like Correct. 2007. Was, so yeah, it was early 07 for Japan, and it was part of KH2 Final Mix. And they're, they're actually yep. connect. I discovered while I was been playing through, there were actually connectivity features between... Chain of Memory, Recom, and 2, Final Mix, Plus. So it's been kind of weird kind of seeing what's been incorporated and what's had to change outside of yep. Japan. But yeah, it was for us, I should say, outside of Japan, it came out in late, late end of year 2008, like almost essentially two years later. So nobody played it <laughs> because we didn't want to play Chain of Memories again. Yeah. So yeah, I'm, I'm just going to lay all my cards out on the table. <gasps> eh? Puns are right. It's a card pun. I hate this game. Oh. <laughs> if, if you couldn't tell from my less than enthusiastic tone over the last few episodes. Yeah, no, there's like this big movement online I've noticed in the community of like this like pushback or I guess push forward for calm mm-hmm. where it just has a lot of defenders now, which, you know, is completely fair. Like if you enjoy it, you enjoy it. Yeah. But I I disagree. <laughs> so, like, the big thing is most people argue, like, oh, the battle system sucks. And we'll, we'll get into discussion of that in a little bit. Yeah. That's not my biggest problem with the game. My problem with the game is, well, I do have a problem with it. But <laughs> my pre- main problem <laughs> is just the world progression and the level design is just useless. And also, I think the story sucks. Um, and, and we'll get into why that is as well. Yeah. And I, it might be controversial, but I think you can skip Calm if you just read up a little bit on what happens, because the way the game is framed is, or at least the way Kingdom Hearts 2 is framed, is like, you're not supposed to know what happened in Calm. <laughs> kind of, sort of, yeah. Ugh, it's just frustrating to me, like, how the characters are portrayed and written, and yeah, I don't enjoy it. So, there's my little disclaimer for you. <laughs> mm-hmm. You're, so here's the thing, you're not wrong in any of these points. Calm is very KH light, where... 100%. And this is the reason I... Really, <laughs> Diet Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> very much, yeah. It's the reason I got really pissed off at most of the, the spinoff. I, I mean, yeah, I would consider the non-numbered titles spinoffs, really. They're still important. Not to say this, they're spinoffs, they're not important. They actually are kind of important, unfortunately. I would say... Calm is tied with Coded as, like, the least important, though. Uh, one, I should yep. specify that also, this is basically replaying KH1 right after KH1. So, like... Yeah. <laughs> what nostalgia he holds is very little. Cause exactly. He probably just played KH1 and then came to, to, recom- to Calm. So, like, it's not even like, oh, I get to re-explore the game. It's more of like, hey, I, I, I kind of... I just, I, just, I just played this, so, like, let's... What's yep. going on? <laughs> it, it does not, much like, you know, as I've explained in uh, previous Game Corners, much like playing Sly 3 immediately after Sly 2, which is kind of like, yeah. except way worse. <laughs> it's just like, oh, this does not compare well. Yeah. So I guess we should just 
let's roll up our sleeves and get into it. I'm sure you'll be yeah. much more merciful than me. I, yes, <laughs> I, I, I had to convince Kevin to spend a little bit more time on calm because we have a we have mm. a certain qu- quality assurance here at Kingdom Hearts mm. by Art. So to give a little preview of how this mini season is going to be structured, um, instead of going world by world, we're going to do batches. So this exactly. first episode, we're going to cover the first four floors. And then we'll do a little bit more next episode, but yeah, it's going to be, it's not as cut and dry as uh, this world, this world, this world, so. I think, so yeah, this will be a, we just finished 20 episodes of one, this will definitely be like a, 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 a we're trying to do it in five, we'll see how that works out. And then maybe a, yep. a kind of mixed half, like, you know, we'll do an epilogue episode of like, how did we feel going through, and also like, you the know, therapy a little, session. little tidbits. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Without further ado, let's let's start this schlock. So yeah. I mean, right off the bat, like you start the new game, right, and then you get the quote-unquote intro, which is yeah, it's just here's all the cutscenes you literally just watched in Kingdom Hearts One, but simple and clean yep. again, and you're like, oh. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> and then you get the cutscene of Sora and the field. That that is actually one thing I like. I like how. It, Picks up like immediately after the post credits in Cage One. It's the same field mm-hmm. and everything. Shadowy figure emerges. Ooh, oh. who's he? Ah, Sora yeah. gets tempted to follow this mysterious man uh, down the path of forgetfulness, and he finds a big old castle, which is like in this weird void of nothingness. Yeah, there's like a weird. <laughs> Got escalated <place>. quickly. <laughs> we were in a field and of like a grassy field, and now it's like a singular winding road with no ground besides a pathway leading yep. to this floating castle on an island. Like, what the hell? Yeah, like, to this day, I still don't really understand what this field is supposed to be. <laughs> I, I, uh, I was trying, I was kind of thinking of it when we were finishing uh, KH1 being like, what, what is the field, really? What does, does yeah. the field seem, I was like, no, uh-uh, you gonna break your brain, stop it. Yeah, stop thinking. and it's, it's like a motif that shows up and like i guess specifically the key yard key blade graveyard is what i'm thinking of but like yeah it's like a thing of like four roads emerging or converging so yeah that's a thing crossroads no crossroads of destiny is avatar the last airbender but yes crossroads nonetheless <laughs> yep so yep castle oblivion big old scary castle uh but Let's gosh let's go in gang <laughs> there's a mystery afoot riku and the king could be here yeah, so I guess the main sort of driving point is Sora uses the Force to sense that Riku and Ka- uh, I was going to say Riku and Kairi. Uh, Riku and, Kairi. and Mickey. Uh, they are in there, and we're going to go in and explore, gosh darn it. So, yeah, it's, it's very like, I just feel like, I mean, it's very, it's very, a friendship is my power that we're going to, we're going to be seeing a lot of throughout KH in general, but yeah, just like, I feel it in my heart. My friends, they're here. <laughs> oh god you're gonna hear a lot about friends <laughs> so yeah they just waltz on in like they own the place and welcome to calm everyone i hope you like cutscenes taking place and blinding white rooms because that's like 90 percent of the game <laughs> oh uh, yeah i was i was thinking at the end of each floor we're gonna have an exit hall which no matter how minor it is there's gonna be a, a like a voiced cutscene but there's also yep. literally several if it's not a Disney World room. It's just a room that's been painted blinding white, and uh, yep. 
we're going to track our muddy shoes throughout the entire castle. I mean, yeah, right off the bat, this game just... Like, the intro's terrible. <laughs> it's just so long and drawn out. And by intro, I mean, like, the first hour or so, where, like, just a lot of cutscenes, and then a lot of tutorials that just just hold your hand, like, all five fingers, like, clenched super tightly, where, like, do this one basic move. Okay, you did it. Here are five more instructions for the next move. Can you do it? Good job. You did it. And, like, you just can't do anything. You're just barely playing the game, and that was super frustrating. Uh, yes, there, there are two tutorials, and the first one is incredibly front-loaded. Yeah, because uh, it's, like, even, like, basic stuff, like, move around, lock on, turn the camera. <laughs> and <laughs> like, so, oh my uh, God. yeah, it's weird, because part of it I can attribute to being a port of a tooth game from 2004, but also what, when you when you port this game or remake this game for the PS2, what, I'm, I'm interested in what they did, did and also did not want to change. Like, do you mm-hmm. want to, re- like, it's the, like, it's, the, it's I mean, it's the debate between, uh, I mean, well, because we've talked about it before, let's use, like, Final Fantasy VII Remake compared to the OG as an example, like, mm-hmm. what do you yeah. take out, what do you keep in, but for a game that many people just didn't play. Yeah, so, like, like I said, I never really played the uh, GBA version too much, so, um, I can't compare, but, like, I imagine it just plays better, like, 2D, with, like, sprites and, like, more of a... I guess grid-like plane is how you play it on, compared yeah. to, like, fully 3D. Yeah, it's a 2.5 space. Well, I shouldn't say, shouldn't even say 2.5. It is a 2D environment. There's up and down, there's left and right, there's... Well, it kind of is... I don't know. The the the, the fighter readers are much more contained. Like, l- literally, the game itself is just more contained as the original compared to a recon port, so... Mm-hmm. There are some things that feel more grandiose. I should say they they meant they're meant to feel bigger, but sometimes they just end up feeling more empty. To be one hundred percent, yeah. I couldn't even really tell you what this first cutscene is about, other than, gosh, what is this place? Oh, who's this man? Let's attack him. <laughs> but the one thing that was interesting to me is. So, like, to get the point across that, oh, we forgot everything. Uh, Donald tries casting his magic at the the uh, organization member, and he actually calls out the spell names. So he'll yes. go, like, Blizzard, Fire, Fire, Thunder, which was, yeah, weird to me because, like, he never does that. <laughs> exactly. That <laughs> Even in-game, like, he never actually says the spell name. Like, he'll just say something else, like, I get it. <laughs> So yeah, it's just weird for him to like actually call it out, and then nothing happens, and it's just like, oh, yeah, Donald, it, are you? Are you I okay also with it because it's it's such a jarring like in this game, Donald, and he just casts a spell. <laughs> yeah, and the reason I um I bring it up is because I just feel like it kind of it's an example of how calm cutscenes work differently. Where like it just feels like every character is just slightly off kilter, <laughs> where they don't really talk like how they're supposed to. <laughs> they just like act differently and like part of that is like oh they're losing their memories but also like like originally all these cutscenes were written just as text so i imagine Correct. like translating that to then voice cutscenes it just sounds weird like actually have the characters saying these things mm-hmm. so i'm sure that's part of it but yeah it's just like yeah it's like your off-brand kingdom hearts where it's like this looks and sounds like kingdom hearts but i don't know something's different here <laughs> yeah oh something else i totally forgot well no, in this in the beginning, uh, well, before we head into our first world, that Donald and Goofy do wear their OG outfits, which I don't know. It's nice to see them 
in their original outfits from the end of the last game for a little bit at least little nostalgia very little yeah so they they wear it they wear it when they enter the castle and then you have the little traverse town tutorial and then yeah. that's when they change right and then they're the like the zippers come back yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> which i don't really understand the like logic behind that <laughs> which is well it's funny because in cage 2 in later games clothes kind of become an important minor plot point for some characters yeah, seriously. <laughs> so it's donald goofy just they just exist at this point but uh i guess it's like that's how sora remembers them maybe <laughs> maybe yeah i think the wiz is based well yeah so did you get on track with the actual cutscene? this is the first of many oh is this a new kingdom hearts game oh did you play the previous games oh well what if sora was just reset to level yeah, one guys yeah like the metroid prime lose all your powers yes a hundred percent oh my god so yep. i don't know it just it kind of gets i mean it's like a running joke of kingdom hearts at this point of like okay new game sora forget everything you do basically it's the it's the spongebob of uh trying to rifle through <laughs> spongebob's mm-hmm. brain to find oh we forgot his name yeah so basically uh, Hooded figure explains, oh, this is a mysterious castle where everything's a memory. To forget is to remember. To remember is to forget. Ooh, don't I sound mysterious? Exactly. And, yeah, that's when you enter the tutorial where you kind of start to get into combat, but not really. Yeah. But then after that, uh, he gives you your first world card and explains that your memories shape the rooms ahead of you. Mm-hmm. So I guess I the way like I imagine it's like it's basically like a hollow deck, <laughs> where like the rooms are shaped yeah. by, or maybe like the room of requirements for any of the Harry Potter nerds, mm-hmm. where like your your mind shapes the room. The rooms are shaped into all the worlds from KH one because that's what sort of remembers. Yeah. So yeah, that first one we enter is good old Traverse Town, mm-hmm. but it's not the Traverse Town we remember. Is it? Uh, so yeah, so our first this is our first world proper, and I mean, it, yeah, like every other world after this follows the same pattern of interworld. Get your little intro cutscene, which is probably more or less the same intro cutscene from the first game, except they'll spout off something about memory, probably. <laughs> yeah, perhaps. <laughs> Do some rooms. Uh, go to a story critical room to get the next cutscene. Rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat two more times. You'll have a boss here, there, and then congratulations, you're done. Mm-hmm. Please mind your step as you exit the ride. <laughs> I guess just like this tutorial that's very front loaded, we should just kind of like great. Well, I shouldn't say great is over, but we should just kind of for those who aren't playing and for those who who are like Kevin and fear for their lives and fear of hey, if I play Recom. Something could happen to my soul. <laughs> yep. This is, so, and this is the very interesting thing. I think this is the first deck building game I remember playing. I'm not sure how big deck building Probably. games were in the early 2000s, so. I mean, aside from, like, the licensed stuff, or, like, you know, the actual Yu-Gi-Oh games, and, like, mm-hmm. uh, Pokemon TCG had a game. Yeah, I can't imagine there were too many others. But I guess we're, we're early 20. 20- Early 2020s, but but I would say mid 2010s and onward, we've had a, a renaissance of very good deck building games. Like yeah. Slay the Spire is one that I adore 100%. Uh, yep. I want to say, is Dicey Dungeons a deck building game? Um, sort of, yeah. 
it's it's not so focused on it because the the actual cards are like there's not like a ton of them but like you do strategize of like which moves you want so mm-hmm. yeah it's a, it's a deck builder but not like hardcore yeah so I'm I'm kind of interested this is my one thought I I, I want to touch on this once we do our little epilogue episode of how does deck building in KH Recom compare to what we kind of know is like modern deck building games now I think it'll be it's just yeah. something I keep it in the back of my head. But... Well, it's interesting because, like, it's like a half-deck-building game, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, with a traditional card game, like, you want to synergize your deck so that each card kind of plays into the next. Mm-hmm. And, like, they kind of, like, add different effects on top of each other. And also you're playing turn by turn. So, like, that isn't really part of Calm. Because, like, I mean, basically your cards are just how many times can I press the A button or, you know, the, the, the X button X. to attack, <laughs> where, like, they all do the same thing, really, and it's kind of mindless. So it's not, like, a deck builder in that sense, where, like, you do have to put some thought in, like, the order of your cards, but, like, yeah, that's, like, exactly my point. Like, yeah. you organize your deck to optimize it anyway. You can also just fiddle around with all the flippy-flippies, like, going back and forth between cards, but, like, you to optimize it, you would organize it in, like, a sequential way where, like, okay... You don't really have to think about it, right? Like, you just keep hitting X, like, okay, this card leads to this card leads... Like, yeah, like, there's no randomness to it. A hundred percent. And a deck builder, like, you draw cards, but here, like, your card, your deck is preset no matter what, so... Yeah, you, deter- you determine the order from the start. Yeah. Better make it something that works, Sonny. But mm-hmm. I think especially the first two worlds are just, I'm gonna press X a bunch of times, and I'll probably end up winning, uh, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I guess we should specify... Attack cards. Yeah, so what is this battle system? <laughs> it's, uh, it's, 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 it's Yu-Gi-Oh! But with a, a giant key sword. Uh, but also fighting the darkness? Question mark? <laughs> these, uh, I mean, these attack cards are, they are, they are keyblades, actually. I was about to say, they're kind of like keyblades. No, they literally, they literally are keyblades, so. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, keyblades aren't really too significant. I mean, the nice thing is that the Keyblade cards are different from one another as opposed to their attack power. There is a, a card point limit to your deck that you can you will upgrade as we level up, but some yep. cards cost less. So literally, some Keyblades, it's very much like how Keyblades work. Some are better at this thing, some are better at that thing. So they'll change up, but it won't be like... Yeah, but like, does it matter? <laughs> at the end of the day, it does. But... You can still just fill your deck with Kingdom Key and probably suffer a little bit, but make it to the end of the game. Yeah, like, each Keyblade has, like, different stats, but, like, I don't really understand the difference between all of them. But the main sort of immediate difference between the cards is, like, certain slates will ask you... Well, I guess we should explain what slates are. (laughs) Slates are basically your special attacks slash limits, where you can stock, like, three cards. Mm -hmm. And then, depending on which cards you pick, you'll unleash a different attack. So, like, a really easy example is if you stack three fires, you'll you'll get Fyraga. Mm -hmm. But then, if you stack Keyblade cards, like, depending on the combination, like you'll get different slates. So, like, some slates will be, like, three of the same Keyblade cards. Some will be, like, three unique cards. So, like, Kingdom Key, uh, Olympia, Lady Luck. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of, like, the main distinction for me. Of like, okay, this is why you want multiple Keyblade cards. Yes. But, yeah, you got your attack cards. And the main sort of mechanic is, uh, did you pass the first grade? Do you know which number is bigger than the other? 
All right. You can play Chain of Memories. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, basically, you always... I mean, you want to stack your deck to have higher value cards, which is why you want to invest in your card points so that you can keep expanding your limits so you can keep adding higher value cards. But, like, you want to play a card higher than the enemy card. So, like, if they play a five card and you play a six, your attack will go through and it'll also cancel out their attack. So it's like this weird mix of turn-based but then real-time where, like, yes, you want the higher attack card, but it also has an effect where, like... Like I just said, like, it'll cancel out the enemy's attack. So it's kind of, you know, the best offense is a good defense. Where if an enemy's winding up a big attack, if you have a card that's going to counter it, you can just use that to block it. Yeah. So, yeah, you have to pay attention to the values, but you also have to pay attention to what's happening on the field. Because, yeah, if you just keep throwing out cards, like, eventually, like, an enemy will throw out a higher level card if you're not paying attention. And then that'll break your attack string and then they'll get an attack off on you. And it's like a whole thing. Exactly. Oh, I have two i have like these like kanu key two cards like line up one after each other but big boy played a six so I, i'm just mashing x and just literally you know suffering essentially yep and there's nothing more frustrating than when you're like trying to pull off a combo and you get the first two hits off but then your last hit is a low level card and then it gets canceled out or like you know if you have attacks with longer animations so like summons for example like if they're low levels like they're definitely gonna get canceled out because they're out there the whole time and then an enemy can just play a high level card and just knock it out basically yeah so yeah just stack higher cards like the highest cards you can get for whatever your cp limit is is kind of my strategy so far so that way i don't have to think about it (laughs) the one drawback i see is you might have to reload more more constantly but you can also spit well to literally go into well to kind of like break into item cards actually so yep uh we have potions and elixirs in the game and i guess to explain reloading very quickly like lily is like oh i'm out of my cards and sora has to stay stationary and believe in himself and he can reload his deck bada bing bada boom but if you have potions and ethers and their upgrades as we get further into the game you can reload a bunch of attack cards or a bunch of magic cards on the spot. Yeah. So, yeah, each time you reload, like, a little counter will appear where, like, the next time you have to reload twice, and then after that you have to reload three times. So, like, you de- yeah, you definitely don't want to spam cards, and you definitely don't want to throw them out and then get it canceled out because then you're just throwing away your cards. And then mm. when you reload, like, yeah, you stop in place and you're basically sitting duck at that point. So yeah, it's not it's not it's not fun. Yeah. That's that's the balance of the game. So have fun. Well, yep. try to have fun and <laughs> figure out what works. Um, oh, yeah. also for slates, the first card you use in the slate will be gone for the entire match. Yep. So that's that's why you so. also don't want to spam slates because eventually you'll just kind of run out of cards. <laughs> mm-hmm. So we got to be real careful. And oh, actually, before we talk about other stuff. Uh, zero cards are very special. I mean, they're they're yeah. literally the Joker card, literally the wild card. A zero can break anything, but because zero is literally the lowest number we could get, it can also be broken by yep. any number. Yes, they can be quite helpful, but also quite useless. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So I I went into a boss fight, and I actually so it's the only continue I've had to pull so far. I realized mm. that I made a second deck, and I was like, oh, let me just mess around some stuff and i put no zeros in and i went to a boss fight and when a boss throws out a slate of their own because some spoiler alert some bosses do have their own deck of cards which makes things i think it makes it back and forth very interesting as opposed to yeah i'm gonna play 
you know, 90% of the enemies are just, I have an attack card. I will play that attack card. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Zeros are really good at breaking... If you don't want to build a bigger slate, which really, why would you most of the time? A zero can be like, here's my big boy move, and Sora says, nah. Yeah. So. Yeah, so it's good to have them in your back pocket. So, yeah, exactly that. Like, you can just counter uh, a bigger attack without having to worry about it. Exactly, yeah. That's that's basically the cards. Uh, another interesting yeah. thing I wrote down. Why do we have to pick up our EXP now? Well, uh, uh, what's uh, what's up with that? Well, it'll just automatically collect at the end of the fight, right? But then, can you also get it in the overworld? It's like experience. Yeah. Nah. Because it's like little orbies or like little diamonds, I guess. Yeah, little diamond, little, little diamond jewelies. So, here's the thing that sucks, and this this is I'm trying to justify why we have to pick up exp. So, I guess yeah, you beat up an enemy, it'll drop your things they disappear so it's either a mad dash to and like kevin said once you complete a fight all of the exp on the ground just kind of uh get gravitates towards you so there are especially in the last world i just did there's like oh crap do i want to dodge roll after this exp or do i just want to try and beat up these last Mm. one or two dudes to see if i can just you know oh okay I i didn't notice that but yeah that's super annoying Mm-hmm. But yeah, it will disappear on you. So gotcha. Uh, yeah, you gotta be quicker than that. And then yeah, the other or the other piece of um, your deck is friendship cards, which you don't actually carry them. You have to pick them up in a battle. But yeah, these are how you get your Donald and Goofy attacks. So pick them up when you see him, even like the hooded figure. Who spoiler alert? It's it's Marluxia. That's who I'm gonna call him from now on yeah <laughs> so like, we know we, we learn his lane pretty long but we don't see his face for a while but yeah okay he even says something like oh like how much do you care about your friends you better pick them up soon <laughs> exactly yeah and the the friend cards they kind of drop they, they kind of drop what they want to most of the time and yeah it's really random yeah most of the time they'll when you get a combo finisher so spoiler alert Sora will only have his basic three at combo for the entire game Pour out one for the boys, unfortunately. It is how it is. Most of the time, if not literally all the time, it's when I get a finisher off and you hear a little ding, a little dingle. Yeah. And it's like, oh, uh, there's a friendship card that dropped on the floor. I gotta gotta go pick it up. Where, where's that? Yeah. And, like, you definitely want to save your friendship cards because they're not really useful, like, single use. Like, you want to stack them for slates. Mm-hmm. But it's annoying because... You'll get a Donald card, and then maybe you'll get a Goofy card next, and then you can't you can't stack them. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it's it's pretty random, very RNG heavy. Of like, oh well, I guess I won't use Donald this fight. Yeah, exactly. Every attack will be prompted by a card, and then you have the chance to break that card. So theoretically, you could like get through the game without taking any damage if you <laughs> play your cards right. But yeah, it's uh. <laughs> I don't know. It's it's really affected my deck building at this point, and I don't mm. know. It's definitely a kind of has helped my enjoyment a little bit, but yeah, it's, mm. it's a very different. It, I mean, we we talked about the momentum shift for in KH one of going from being Sora with two legs to being Atlantica uh, Dolphin Boy, and mm-hmm. Chain of Memories definitely is one. It's you know, Sora's got a oh yeah, brakes on. Unfortunately, it's much slower paced. It's completely different from every other game in the series, like. 
Yeah. Every Kingdom Hearts game is different to a certain extent, but they all still have that general run around, jump, attack, like that basic movement scheme. Mm-hmm. And usually, like, the quote-unquote gimmick is, like, something like how you level up or how you grow your abilities. Like, all the, like, behind-the-scenes stuff, like, kind of stick in the pause menu, but you still have your basic combat. But, yeah, here, it's, like, totally up front. Like, no, you you can't play this like any other Kingdom Hearts game. Exactly, yeah. I mean, I'm even thinking of the other spinoffs. Like, we introduced commands at the, at those points as well, and they kind of stay consistent throughout all of the spinoff non-numbered titles i should say Mm. so yeah we're in travis town we get some cutscenes. so oh god this game's so frustrating at least the first few hours (laughs) where like the characters just don't understand what's going on even though it's so obvious so like yeah (laughs) they keep running into characters that they've met but like they're all basically holograms because they're all just creations of castle oblivion so like in travis town you'll meet Final Fantasy characters, so you'll run into Yuffie and Leon. You'll like have your little exchange, but they're all playing it cool, and they're like, "Oh, who are you?" And they're like, "What do you mean? You yeah. don't know who we are? But what's going on here?" It's like, "Oh, you mean the thing yeah. that we've been talking about for the past hour? Like that? Yeah, everyone's lost their memories. <laughs> <laughs> did you forget the explanation? Yes, yes, we did. Yeah, it's not flesh and blood. Leon, Yuffie, ripped from Traverse Town and standing right in front of us for some reason. They're all... Yep. They're, I mean, they're, they're all literally just memories. Yes, which is yeah. weird then when... So, take Traverse Town, for example. So, like, the first... Well, let's back it up a little bit and kind of explain how you progress through the worlds. Yes. And we'll use Traverse Town as, like, a template. So, you get into the room. So, like, every room is basically the same. They have, this, they have the same aesthetic, but... You yeah, like... shape the world... <laughs> yeah, so, like, they're all boxes, basically. There are, like, some variations of, like, oh, like, here's some stairs, or, like, here's, like, a little thing to jump on, or whatever, or, like, here's, like, some sort of obstacle that you can, like, break. But, in general, yep. it's very templatized, where there's only, like, a certain amount of room, I guess, configurations to pull from. But, yeah, yeah, you um enter a room, and then it'll have, like, you know, one to three exits, and, like, the map is kind of laid out on a grid, where, like, the rooms connect to each other, like, depending on how their exits are laid out. And you have to piece the rooms together to get to the next room to progress the story. And that room will be, like, highlighted and it will, like, be going on the map. So you'll figure, oh, I have to get to that room by going here, here, and here. Yeah, I didn't realize that until this playthrough, is that, yeah, like you said, there's three key points. So we start yep. the we start the map or the world with a key. Middle key. Yeah, Lily, there's a key of beginning. You, you go to that room, you get a key of guidance card. And after you do that room, you get a key of truth card, which leads to the exit of the world. Yep. I just realized for the first time that the the one you have to go to is like dimly lit, and it's like, hey, hey, yeah. hey, hey, idiot, come here, please. Yep. So, and uh, I think that's the reason why I never got on with it originally when I was playing it as an emulator. Where like, cause yeah, it's just it's just a especially coming from one right where you just go wherever you want to go. Where like here, like you have to build the map before you and but like you have to figure out like where to go and yeah it's it's confusing (laughs) good old dungeon dice monsters basically yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah so yeah you progress through each room and the way you progress is you have to use map cards to determine what the next room is going to be so map cards they all have like different effects like oh like heartless will be heartless will spawn less in this room or they'll spawn more or oh your enemies will be weaker or oh enemies will be asleep 
your magic will increase. Um, you'll spawn a specific type of enemy, etc., etc. There are lots of different mm-hmm. map effects. Oh, yeah. The main thing you want to keep out for is the value of the cards. Um, because each room has a certain, uh, you must be this tall to enter requirement of, <laughs> oh, you need a five or higher card, or, oh, yeah. you need a blue card, or, oh, you need a card that equals exactly this value. Yeah, they're gonna, <laughs> they're gonna change up a lot. It's, yeah. uh, it's, it's very, it's very interesting. Early on, I think we just have very low costs, so, like, um, they tend to be like, oh, you need to play a one or higher card, aka everything is up to zero. As we get later on, we'll get some that say, oh, you have to play beneath this amount. Some that want exactly a certain amount. Like, we'll get more complicated as the game really goes complicated. So that yep. is uh, at least interesting, but it does become a... <laughs> I don't. I can't really describe it into words. It's very much like, oh, what do I want to experience? Because it, 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 the map cards do make it a choose-your-own-adventure type of deal. You can just... Play nothing but the cheapest, I should say the cheapest, but like play Tranquil Darkness a million times and not really encounter any big heartless. Or you could say, screw it, I want a challenge and, you know. You are bound by the value requirements. So like Mm -hmm. at a certain point, force is your hand. Literally, yeah. (laughs) Well, this is the only card I have that fits this requirement. So I guess it's Mm going to be this. Exactly. And our key card worlds, uh, key card runes are also going to ask us to fulfill some requirements. So sometimes they are just like going into a new room where it's like, oh, play a two or higher, play a five card, play a blue card. Sometimes they do get to being cumulative. So sometimes it's like, hey, play enough green cards to hit like 30, basically. I don't think I've ever been out of map cards, but I am at the point of the game now where the game's like, my play style is to clear out... This is This is my... Little tip, I guess. Uh, my playstyle is to clear out a room of Heartless and then start to interact with the room itself, like trying to break the objects, interact with the stuff, because I've just been, I've been wronged too many times in my life. Like, I'll hit a thing to get HP or get to get Moogle points, which we'll touch on later, and then all of a sudden the Heartless appears next to me and runs in by accident. So the things that I just made appear, I just freaking lost oh god that happened to me so many times and it's so Mm -hmm. frustrating in the early game because like that's probably the most reliable way to get more cards is just finding them in the overworld but oh surprise a heartless just spooked up behind you and then yeah like Mm -hmm. it'll start the battle before the card actually like gravitates towards you so no no i didn't really want that blizzard card game sorry like you were saying earlier about the experience it's like the same exact thing where like the game just it's just like you keep getting like little splinters of just like annoyances from the game where you're like can you just stop (laughs) like why are you like this (laughs) death by a thousand cuts so yeah the core i guess gameplay loop of com is enter room fight heartless you can fight as little or as many as you want but after every fight, you'll get a map card. So you do want to fight because you do need map cards. Proceed through next room, ideally to like make a path to the story room. And then, yeah, that's it. Like basically carve your way out through the map to get to each story cutscene. And then, yeah, get to the end. Like the, the world cutscenes are so insignificant to me that I don't remember what actually happens. In Travis Town, <laughs> at a certain point, you'll run to Aerith and then she kind of explains what's happening like oh we're not really your friends we're just memories blah 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 and then yeah it's weird to me like 
I feel like every world so far, I've done the first four worlds, but I feel like every world's had at least one character who's, like, gained sentience, basically, where they're aware that they, like, have memories, or, like, they'll, like, kind of warn Sora, like, oh, be careful of your memories, they might be steering you in the wrong direction, it's like, okay, Sora's memories are personified as his friends, but then they're also cognizant enough to realize that they're part of this deeper plot to manipulate him through his memories, even though theoretically all their knowledge would come from what he knows about them. So, like, I don't really understand what the line is here between, yeah. like, certain characters being like, oh, watch out, Sora, when, like, yeah. really, it's basically like he's, like, warning himself about what's about to happen, like, subconsciously. Yeah. Uh, welcome to Castle Oblivion. Woo. There's always at least one character who, uh, has has seen the cracks in the matrix basically yeah exactly that's yeah that's a perfect way to explain it but yeah all of our key cards are the rooms where this the, the the minute story that it is unfolds unless it's between floors but trevor sounds pretty straightforward in the key to beginning room one i wrote down that pluto shows up and pluto constantly causes plot holes wherever he goes I'm just gonna i'm gonna keep that in the back of my head at all times uh, like pluto uh, how'd you get here and he was oh. with us! He was with us at the end of the last game! Who was watching Pluto? Nobody is... He's got an interdimensional dog sitter that's just constantly chasing after him. That's that's gonna be my headcanon uh, yep. from now on. Um, but yeah, you meet Pluto, and then you meet Leon and Yuffie, who have no memories of you, but remember Sora, Don, and Goofy. So it's very much like, it's, you know, it's the what's going on, oh, let's go find Aerith, basically, and... Leon will do the... He does the numbers part of the tutorial, but it doesn't really matter too much right here. Yep. Um, the middle room is very insignificant. It's just basically Sora's hardest memories in it. Yeehaw. And then the, th- the key of truth, the last one is... Uh, we do meet Papa Sid for, for two seconds. He yep. explains the Traverse Town <laughs> bell, which immediately goes off and we immediately fight guard armor. So, uh... Yep. Yeah, Traverse Town is like as straightforward as they come. Although, yeah, I would say Wonderland is going to be a. We're about to talk about it, but I think that's another one that tends to be. It doesn't doesn't really matter, and we do start to tread the same cage one water all over again. Yep. Yeah, like Traverse Town's a little different because it's yeah, like it's an original world, but yeah, once you get to the Disney World, it's like oh, okay, this all seems very familiar. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So guard armor is pretty quick. Uh, I guess I should mention, for most of the boss fights, there is a hidden Mickey, or a gimmick card. Uh, it's like, oh, is it actually official. called gimmick card? It is called a gimmick card, actually. It's so weird like, to me. <laughs> in jargon. But, uh, but like a friend card. It's well, Actually, gimmick is a friend card. But every so often, yeah. a zero with a Mickey symbol uh, drops. And you better pick that bad boy up. Because it is it is our equivalent of a get-out-of-jail free yep, guard exactly uh, for guard armor it just basically it collapses him as if he's stunned so it's just basically a, okay cool i get to wail on guard armor yep uh it's funny because at the end of every boss fight we're gonna get an enemy card to me those are the keyblades of the game like this is the i don't know the important like i overcame this obstacle here's this reward but they kind of vary a lot from really good to Ooh, WTF. Yeah, so. that was the point of this. <laughs> yeah. So I, I guess we should mention enemy cards. You always get them from bosses, but sometimes the little dudes will drop them instead of a map card at the end of a match. But Yeah, I think 
I think I got a soldier card, and yeah, it was it was annoying because it's like, well, I don't want this. I want a map card. <laughs> <laughs> you say that now, but when you hit ninety nine map cards, like me, mm. you wish you just didn't have map cards. But yeah, the the enemy cards they cost. They're in your deck, but you always have to hit a separate button to access the enemy side of your deck. So for for one point five plus two point five, you just hit the touchpad. I think it's usually the select button. Oh yeah, can we mention how? Yeah, for 1.5, 2.5. Mm-hmm. To flip through your cards, you use L1 and R1, not the giant bumpers. <laughs> and I hate uh, that. And also, it's like inverse, where L1 will move you to the right that, card, and R1 will move you to the left card, and you can't change it. That's my big Very quickly, in the settings, you can change You can change that. Oh, I didn't see that, but I'll, I'll go back and take a closer look. Well, it's... it's so backwards ass because in every game right whatever it be r1 uh, right shoulder button is always the lock on but they just said nope not for yeah recon, it's r2 it's like this feels um, awful <laughs> like i don't lock on enemies because of it <laughs> yeah it's it's good because especially when i use donald and goofy um being able to direct them obviously like if i summon donald and i'm lo- whatever enemy you're currently locked on to when he's like Okay, right. I hear. I choose my attack. We'll choose what because, I mean, for an example, like you know, we have rapsi- blue rhapsodies that absorb blizzard, and the red nocturnes that absorb fire. So if I'm yep. if I'm just like not really caring about anything, Donald may put a fire spell into an enemy that absorbs yeah. fire. But if you do steer near, stay near a guy or lock onto a certain thing, they'll be like, "That's my true enemy." And the AI is actually a little bit smart. Like every time I've locked onto an enemy that. Well, can absorb a magic attack. I'll use. I mean, we'll stick with Donald as the example. He won't do the thing that makes yeah that they're strong against. So yeah, that's the thing of like where it's like half turn based, but then half like active because like your attacks are basically turns and how they come out. We're like only one attack at a time, and then you can cancel them out. But you have to pay attention to what's happening real time on the field because yeah, if you just throw out an attack, depending on who you're hitting, like it won't work. And then like all the enemies have their like same sort of effects as in KH one. So for example, like all the mages, like they they're immune to their respective spells, but then like mm-hmm. large bodies, like you have to attack them from the behind the back, so you have to maneuver to them on the field. Yeah. Like, so like stuff like that, where like you have your tensions like split basically, and like I guess that works. <laughs> It adds a it adds another layer to it, which uh, for now at least that may change later on. I doubt it will though, seeing as we played this game before. But it, it seems unnecessary. Like it's kind of like it's kind of like how a Final Fantasy VII remake works, actually, where like you have like you have to pay attention to like your ATB and everything, oh, and, like yeah. how you're managing that. But then you have to pay attention to like which enemies you're attacking and how and whatnot. So yeah. But like much more effectively there. I wonder. I wonder 100%. if Nomura got inspired. Like if he was reaching his little calm bucket of like, ooh, mm. here's this. Let's take it and make it better. I mean, hey, I enjoy remake, and I'm not hating recom right now. But we'll touch on that as when we finish the actual game. Mm. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, Aerith is Aerith does break the matrix and says something. It comes to like. Sora, we're all memories, and you should beware your memories. Sora's just like, I'm here, steal my friends again. They're like, beware, you're gonna betray yourself. Trust exactly. no one. <laughs> so, that's pretty much it for T-Town. Mm-hmm. Bye, Twelve Town. You exit. 
And yep, this is the rhythm of the game. Like, go through the world and you come out in another white room to like exit hall, which will have a little cutscene. In this case, it's um, ooh, it's hold on to your britches because we have our first sighting of Axel. <laughs> Doesn't he? He has like a really cheeky line, like "I'm here" or yes. something like that. Yeah, because Marluxia's like. <laughs> He's like, Marluxia's like got a notebook. He's like, Sora, can you please review Traverse Town for me? How does it make you feel? And then Axel's just like, he had corridors of darkness and he's like, yo, 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 what's going on? Yeah. What you doing? Hope it's that important. Yeah. (laughs) Sup, lame nuts. (laughs) Yeah. I'm almost certain that that line definitely changed from the original because he became so much more popular after the fact. So (laughs) they gave him a flashy entrance. I, w- I wouldn't be surprised, yeah. But yeah, it is Axel, so at least there's some... It's like, you know, there's like a heartbeat monitor, so there's like a little a little spike of, ooh, something's happening that I'm interested in. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if you've, if you've been through Cage, you know who Axel is, and we adore him. But uh, for now, he's the fire guy. Yeah, pretty and much. We do get to fight him, which is nice, because Marlushin pulls out the... I mean, they're the wall cards he's about to give us to get through the rest of the castle which your enemy giving you the tools you need to get forward yeah i was weird i didn't understand that either it's like hmm, yeah this clearly isn't a trap sora please continue it, deeper into our castle of despair uh, <laughs> yeah i mean it, it it doesn't doesn't it doesn't doesn't make sense their master plan is to do something we'll get to at some point but it's also like we're gonna, we're gonna help him out along the way, fellas. He'd be lost without us. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> it is just a giant ass ruse. So the cool thing is, this is our our, our, our first uh, fight against someone who also wields a deck. So the main point, I guess the main point, the main takeaway I have from deck fights is beware the slates because they will stack slates as well, and they tend to be the yeah. Main moves. I mean, I completely forgot about this fight. Even two days Good later. Yeah, I, to remind like, you. Oh, I think an Axel fight's coming up. Because I, I know you fight him. I, you like fight him twice. So I was like, oh, yeah. like, I feel like I'm going to fight him again. But then you're like, oh, we already fought him after Travis Town. And I was like, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so I, I didn't really take note of anything interesting in this fight. <laughs> Castle Oblivion is affecting Kevin as well. Yeah, I know. It's, it's, you die in the game, you die in real life. <laughs> exactly. Um, I mean, yeah, we mentioned... They can sack slate. That's about it. I mean, the cool thing is that they also have a reload, like Sora. So, I feel like yeah, it's definitely fights... more dynamic. Where like, mm-hmm. yeah, they'll have to reload, and you can kind of, you can kind of like count their cards of like, oh, like you're only down to a few left, and then like they have like lower value cards after a certain point. So then you can exactly. be a little more aggressive and just kind of toss out cards because they don't really have a response to it. it, it yeah, boss fights are definitely you know where the game the quote highlights. unquote shine. <laughs> he struggles to compliment the game even mildly it, it, it is what it is definitely but yeah it, it, it makes the ebb and flow a little bit better um, very quickly Axel's pretty pretty easy to beat his one slate is firewall so just break firewall or else it sends out a really yeah. big AOE from the center of the room so be careful so yeah you beat good old Axel and then they start having vague memories of that weird castle. You know, the one where you saved Kyrie. Oh yeah, I do remember that castle. What was it called again? 
I don't know. Let's keep going. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's basically the cutscene. Yeah. Is that a? It's yeah. It's around this time. But Axel has a very uh, Axel has a. I'm just gonna call him Matrix moments for now. He very looks at Sora and he's like, "You gotta look deep into your heart, kid." I think he even says like, "Do you want the answer?" And Sora's like, "Yeah, nah, I'll, I'll, I'll figure it out." Like, like Sora doesn't really. He doesn't seem to be grasping the situation here. Like, you are in danger. Like, this isn't a game, even though you're playing with trading cards. <laughs> mm-hmm. These people are clearly out to, like, kill you or use you. or they're, they're, they're wearing evil cloaks. Like, can you just, like, pay attention? Oh, you no. stupid simple boy. Sora has definitely fought a black cloak at this point, so he should know these guys mm-hmm. are up to no good. <laughs> exactly, yeah. But as you mentioned, yeah. We do, we start to forget about uh what's Hollow Bear's journey again. Yeah, they just kind of shrug it off, and they wander into the next Woo! floor. Next floor, which we're just gonna go into go the KH one order or yeah. as close as you can get, um, because they do kind of shake up the card. So you get five world cards from Axel, yes. and you can go through them at any order, thus proving how completely inconsequential all the Dizzy plots are. Like it doesn't matter what order you play them in. <laughs> Yeah, I, I realize that. You get Halloween Town in this first batch, which is super yeah. weird. Like, <laughs> oh, okay, let me just play Halloween Town as my first Disney World. Like, what? <laughs> no, I I went Wonderland first. Yeah, I also do the same thing of go. I don't know, just the way I've always done it. It's the way that to me makes the most sense because we're we are yeah. literally retreading our memories from KH one. Um, I did I did peek beneath the veil and. So, going to Halloween Town off the bat won't screw you over. The enemies are scaled. The, the enemies realize what floor you're on, and they have Exactly. Stats, it, so. it scales to the floor, not the world. So, that's proving my point that it's, yeah, it's basically just the world, like a filter of the world on top of the actual level, which is mm-hmm. just the floor. So, the only thing that matters matter. is the exit hall. The exit hall will always be the same, but the world on the floor is completely up to your own chagrin. Yeah, uh, go nuts. Don't go nuts. Yeah, uh, yeah I went nuts because I went to Wonderland. We're, we're all mad down here. Ooh. Yeah, this one <laughs> is unfortunately going to be kind of Traverse Town 2.0. And like it, I guess up until the end, up until the middle point, it is just the same damn story. So uh, it inserts. is literally the, the Cliff's Notes. Of just like Very true. Ah, sorry, yeah. it's a trial. Ah, help me. Oh, no, don't kill her. Ah, I'll find evidence. Oh, I found the evidence. Oh, it was an hour this whole time. Ah, Trickmaster. Ah, sorry, you saved ah. me. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it starts off when we jump into the rabbit hole and the, the white rabbits, you know, it's the same thing all over again. One thing I'll, I'll ver- I will very, very, very briefly touch on the Keyblades. Uh, the Keyblades always have, like, an attack power. An element, they're like, they're mostly physical, it doesn't matter. But they all have a cost-like indicator and a recovery. So break recovery is obviously when someone breaks your card. How how quick or how slow is Sora going to be stunned before he gets uh, punched in the damn face? And I didn't realize, I went into the journal and realized that every Keyblade, because usually it's like, Kingdom Key is like a D+. Plus. It's literally the lowest of the low. But if you go into the card index specifically, it gives you... Each Keyblade has a number for the first attack, the second attack, and the third attack of its 
chain, which I won't go over because it'll be really, really boring. But I will say it did influence my deck building. So, for example, uh, for this is the only one I'll, I'll touch on. But Lady Luck is the first attack is a C plus, the second attack is a C plus, the third attack is a D. The finisher is a D. So going forward, like I and spoiler alert, Olympia, I think the first two are the same, but the finisher is very strong. So that kind of did actually influence my gameplay. And it, well, gee, it, it would be nice if the game actually explained that. <laughs> but yeah, and I think it's not if to be if you don't need to know the in-depth strats of every keyblade to beat the game. Like obviously, like it just says. Oh, like, absolutely not. <laughs> yeah, because because we've beaten it before. But, like, yeah, it'll say Lady Lux is C+, plus, or, like, I think it's a C as in terms of attack. So you kind of get the idea. Like, it's the attack, the cost, and the the break recovery that really, truly matter. But I will say, like, I don't put Lady Luck at the end of a, a three-string combo. Gotcha. So, the and actually, now we get into some new boys, but we see some large bodies here, and we meet two new friends, actually. So I guess... It, it took Chain of Memories to get Wonderland Heartless, but eh? Yeah, except they're not really Wonderland specific. They're not based off Wonderland <laughs> things, and they pop up in other worlds, obviously, but yeah. we have the cre- we have the Creeper Plant and the Crescendo, yep. who they pop up in, and they pop up in future titles as well, but this is their, this is their star, well, I was about to say star premiere, I would definitely would retract that statement. Yeah, so I I actually didn't get any crescendos in Wonderland. Oh. But yes, they do appear and come. But I did get creeper plants, and they are annoying because they have a lot of high-value cards, and their attacks stay out for a really long time. So when you try to attack other Heartless, the creeper plants are like, "Uh -uh uh-uh-uh. Nope. They're with me. Yeah. (laughs) Creepers are really a pain in the ass, so they'll trip up Sora. I mean, the, the pro and con is the creeper plant is stationary. It doesn't move whatsoever. It's... It's a Pokemon, yep. and it's used in grain, and by goodly, by goodly gosh, I'm not going to move from this spot no matter what you tell me. So, yep. they'll be stationary, but they have, I feel like they have twos and sixes. Like, they throw out super weak attacks, but they're like, oh, I got a six, baby. What the hell are you going to do about it? And it's just like, I was, I was working over here, dude. Just, just harsh my vibe. Yeah. They're annoying. And then Crescendo's... They're they're just your green requiems. Like they'll, yeah. they'll heal other heartless, and then they'll they'll also oh. raise the alarm and summon yes. more heartless. That's their two. That's their two attacks. Yeah, they they'll heal, yeah. but they'll also be like they play their sweet saxophone and lure their and let their friends know, hey, there's a party going on here. Do you want to join? So yeah, so take them out first for sure. Yeah, I'm having flashbacks to the actually the end of Sora's story where there's a lot of crescendos. And I, I just, it's just really trying to beat up crescendos, but they keep summoning more crescendos, uh, being like, when does it end? When does it end? Ugh. Yeah, make your way through Wonderland, and it's, yeah, it's the same story as the first game. Um, there's one interesting twist where, and it's more just to, like, speed up the plot, but instead of, like, going out and finding evidence, Sora just lies and says, he, he like, takes the fall for Alice and says, I, I was the thief. Which is, eh, I mean, I guess that's kind of interesting. But um, yeah, it... the one note that I took is, like I was saying earlier, like the characters just don't talk like how they're supposed to. And this cutscene has a horrible example of that. Where mm-hmm. Horrible <laughs> like, or good example? 
Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. Sora's line is... So, like, I guess the queen says something like, Oh, you brazen thief, or something like that. And then Sora's response is, Who's the brazen one? This trial is a farce. <laughs> <laughs> Sora's putting them, them English skills to good and work. Yes, he is. Yeah, so- Sora speaks at a, a fifth grade level. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't know what either of those words mean. <laughs> So yeah, it's just like, wait a minute, who, who wrote this? Yeah, exactly. I, I, I guess it is mildly different that the queen's not looking for who who done it, even though we don't even know in the original game what the who done it is. But she's like, I can't remember. Someone stole my memory. Yeah, like instead of her heart that's stolen, it's her memory because everything's yeah. got to be about memories. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, we do get a mini boss fight fighting against the cards, like like we did uh, at the end of the trial in one. Um, yeah, I I kind of like this fight. Cause... Same. It was like multiple enemies. It's a kind of a step. And we do get a card. Uh, we do get a, a red card, enemy card at the end, which uh, it's actually a really good one. It, cre- it makes your swing speed quicker. So you can mm. just, you can, you can end the game quicker if you use the red card card. So, I mean, I gotta be honest. I don't use the enemy cards because one, it's annoying that you have to toggle between them, but like also mm-hmm. like it, they just cost more CP. So they're, like, they're I, I, very like, costly. Yeah. Yeah, like, I have, like, one or two in my deck, but I'm like, what? Why do I bother? Like, I'll just use more attack cards, so. <laughs> <laughs> it depends on your playstyle. There's a, a big variety, so I can say that is at least nice. Um, yeah. I did write down, I wrote down, like, the important, I should say the important, like, the reward ones, at least, but we're not going to go over, like, I got a shadow card, I got a soldier card. Um, I'll definitely, I've definitely made notes of the ones that are very good, wink, wink, for those actually playing along with us. So yeah, we beat the cards and then we just we just run we just run away. It's like all right, bye. Yep, and then keep on proceeding, and then eventually you'll get back to the trick master fight. Yep, which actually is, is very. I do like the fact that um, oh, we meet the treasure cat for two seconds, but it's 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 a treasure cat encounter. He just spit, he spits more. I think the treasure cat would be a very good character outside of Wonderland because he spits. Nothing but insane BS that Nomura would love, so... I'm just saying Nomura. Yeah, like, he's the one in this world who's like, oh, maybe there's more to your memories than you think. Yeah. But we do run to the bazaar and the queen's, like, about to execute us on the spot, and then she's like, what was I doing here again? Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, Trickmaster fight. It's Trickmaster. There's not a whole lot of difference. (laughs) The main thing that sort of stuck out is, like, you can kind of ignore the whole break the cards because you can use the table to just avoid its attacks. So that was kind of nice. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and that same strategy as the first game, but also just, yeah, use strong attacks. It's hard. It. Uh, the one thing I do like is if you get a combo finisher, he does the. where he kind of crouches down and he's uh, stunned mm-hmm. for a little bit. He doesn't drop HP orbs like he did in, in one at least, but at least he's, he's open for fresh attacks. You can beat his big dumb tall head up quicker yep the the gimmick car uh, also like kh1 he can flatten the table in the chair so if that ever happens you can get a gimmick card that just makes the table come back which uh yep. i got through fairly quickly so i didn't i don't he never really crushed the table for me so uh pretty easy boss fight but also annoying because we have to constantly jump around like frogs yeah pretty much it like alice i don't know she like does a thing and then a thing happens and <laughs> Uh, well, the queen loses her memory. She doesn't know what's going on. So Alice, actually very quick thinking. It is it is a character moment that I will take because it's somewhat decent in a game that's pretty eh. 
But she's like, oh, queen, yes, you sent us to get rid of the Heartless, and we have done that. Ha ha. And the queen obviously yep. buys into it, because she's like, because she's full of herself. But, uh, it's, it gives Alice something to do, actually. So, yeah, very small moment, but I guess I'll take it. Yep, but you have finished the first floor, so moving on, <gasps> we get our exit cutscene, which, again, I couldn't really tell you what happened. I'm looking at your notes <laughs> here, and yeah, this is when they find out that Jimmy's journal has been wiped, which is like... yeah rude <laughs> yeah all that hard like literally i think jiminy says all that hard work and I, yeah he like I has a moment <laughs> yeah Jimmy, he kind of has an existential crisis but yeah. goofy is definitely goofy's still stuck on hollow bastion and he's very much like we can't remember it but we've and yep. he literally says like well, we, we did things there like we rescued Kyrie. like this yeah. happened and they 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 uh marlou just says at the beginning before we go to traverse town to lose and claim a new or claim a new only to lose. Lily, they, they say, oh shit, we're, we're losing our memories, guys. What are we going to be at the end of the day? What are we fighting for? And the one note I took of this cutscene is just... I was just remarking on how many dumb faces Sora makes in these cutscenes. Where, like... They, like, zoom in on his face because, like, Jimmy's talking on his shoulder. But, like, he just does a lot of eyebrow movements. And, like, he just looks really annoyed a lot of the time. <laughs> Are just like really like judgy or like quizzical, and it's like very un Sora, and I don't like it. And especially because it's young Sora's face, like he looks, <laughs> he just looks too too mischievous or like too yeah. negative. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, eh, this is off putting. But yeah, this is <laughs> by this point, the like story is like firmly established. Like every cutscene is going to be them remarking on, like, oh. I feel like I'm forgetting something, but I don't know what. Do you remember a thing? <laughs> I don't remember that thing, but it's okay, because yeah. we'll never forget important thing. But wait, yes, exactly. we're already a forgetting important thing. <laughs> oh well, let's just keep forgetting. Come on. Oh, uh, yeah, that's literally the I think I think they call, you come out of the exit hall into the, the next floor, and Jimmy's like, well, guys, are we going to head back? Like, what the hell's going on? They're like... And Goofy has the very dad. Goofy, I realize Goofy has a lot of dad moments throughout Calm because humans mm-hmm. office don't get a whole lot to do. But he's very much like, you know, we'll lose our bad, we'll lose our memories, but we'll never forget each other. Like, mm-hmm. Goofy's not going to turn to an amnesiac and be like, oh, why am I with these strangers? Am I a hostage? We get a mild nominee sighting, but no interaction. I'll throw that out there as well. Yeah, like, it's like five seconds of her coloring or whatever. Yeah, oh yeah, but at the end of the exit hall, like, I think Sora's trying to, I think he, remember, I think he's trying to remember Kyrie. But like, there's a fade to black behind Sora, and you see Nominate flash for a second, and then yeah, as we walk up the stairs, she's, oh, right. she's starting yeah. to mess with his memory. Yep. Alrighty, so next up, I chose Olympus Coliseum. Mm-hmm. Olympus Coliseum! I mean, this is where I really started losing my patience because this is officially when the game decides, all right, you've had enough of the tutorial. And then this is when I hit like multiple rooms that would have like require an eight value map card or higher. So this is when I just had to like keep grinding for map cards. And I remembered, oh yeah, this is why I hate this game because it's just wasting my time right now. Because yeah, there's there's no guarantee of like Mm -hmm. what map card you're going to get. So, like, usually you just get a bunch of five or lower cards. So, like, 
The main strategy is to get a roulette card, which uh, roulette. if you use that once you beat or win a fight, you'll then get like a little roulette wheel where you get like, it just cycles between a bunch of different cards and you can actually stop it on the card you need. So mm-hmm. I use that a lot for this world and the next world. But yeah, even just to get that takes a lot of time. So yeah, especially early on. I think I did a roulette room recently and I was like, okay, and there's not as many gaps, but definitely... I think I did one in Olympus as well, and I was like, oh crap, I'm missing so many values. I kind of panicked. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'll be honest. At this point, I just started skipping cutscenes. Uh. <laughs> well, I watched the first cutscene, and it was literally, like, all of Chain of Memories cutscenes just feel like a stage play, where, like, you literally see the directions of, like, exit, stage left. Oh, look, here's Hades. He has his little dialogue. He exits. Oh, look, here's Cloud. He talks about how he's looking for something and he has a deal with Hades and then he exits and it's just so boring and just the staging is just so basic like literally characters just standing waiting for their dialogue. I don't know what happens in this world. I'm assuming eventually you'll fight Cloud and then he'll realize he's been duped and then you'll fight Hades and then okay so you don't fight Cerberus so then he probably does a little like oh you were supposed to take out the twerp, Cloud. I guess I have to do this myself. And then yeah. he fights you. The one thing I do like about this... I mean, we're going through Olympus again. And I guess it kind of... Actually kind of relates to the fact that we have to go from room to room. But in Olympus, instead of... This is for for this game and for all the other appearances? Maybe except for one. Olympus is always the cup world. Just for the tournaments. This time, because we actually have to have a plot... It's an mm-hmm. obstacle course that we have to run through. So it doesn't doesn't really add much. And Cloud, it's the same contract with Hades, but uh, because we have to have memories in here somewhere, Cloud has lost his memories. That's his motivation as opposed to, as opposed to finding his light from KH1, essentially. It's yep. a similar vague motivation to insert uh, emo Cloud Boy here. It is nice that, well, because well, we've talked about Deep Jungle in the past before, but Deep Jungle is a one-and-done because of all the Tarzan licensing issues. So they did repurpose yeah. the Bouncy Wilds and the Power Wilds for Olympus, which they feel out of place, but it's it's nice to see some familiarity. I, I, I don't like be like, oh, they shouldn't be here, but they, they needed someplace to go. So here they are. Um, also, something I realized at this point, because Cloud shows up, in this world, we remember Leon and Yuffie. We don't care to be like, hi, Hercules, we've totally met before. Oh, hello, Cloud. Do you want to fight again? Like, it's very Traverse Town only, and it kind of pisses me off a little bit. But that's Yeah, like, I didn't really notice him, like, greeting, like, the Disney characters. Like, oh, hey, so-and-so, long time no see. So, yeah, yeah. It's, it's inconsistent. Maybe now they realize, oh yeah, they're just memories, so we'll just play along, I guess. Maybe. Yeah, the second key the second key card room is a cloud fight, and cloud literally like cloud's like, Oh, he's gonna fight or sort of like the Donald Donald says like he's gonna mess with us. He's like, I don't care about you, I'm here to beat the hell out of Hercules. That's when you're like, No, Cloud. Cloud fight ensues. Cloud's not too bad actually. He has a lot of low value cards, a lot of high value cards. Honestly, you'll probably be fine. Um, he has cross slash and omni slash, so be careful. Other than that, pretty simple, and you do get a high potion, which is nice. Uh, I think it's still like a three, but 
Um, the good thing about high potions, and I think mega ethers at least, is uh, we've we touched on earlier how like if you use a card in a slate, the first card will disappear for the match. Second level potions and second level ethers bring those cards back at least. So uh, yeah, but super the handy. Item cards get yeah, the item cards do get expensive once they get to this mm-hmm. level though. So uh, you better you better watch you better watch yourself. But Clawfight's yeah. pretty easy, and then Hades is. It literally you verbatim did it he's just like hey cloud you suck time to take over this body and yep. he's shows up to be fair i don't remember much of this boss fight um he's not i think my, my only note was he's not as a wild card as cloud like hades consistently plays like kind of the four to six range so be careful he's got a he does temper flare from uh cage one which is the big like circle at- like rotation attack yeah so. But just like KH1, you can just walk around it, so. Yep. I think I died on him once, but then I, like, added a few blizzards in my deck, and that made short work of him, so. Yeah, just like original Hades, he'll absorb fire, so watch yourself. Yeah. But I think blizzard is effective, so why not? Hades card is kind of trash. It just boosts your attack when you're low on HP for 30 attacks. But don't be low on HP in the first place, so. Uh, Olympus Coliseum ends. You do get a cloud card, which... It's a cloud four, so it's not great. It's not bad. Yeah, so he's like basically a summon, which I guess is kind of cool. Which I like. The four is kind of low. So yeah, it's not great. Kind of situational, but clouds. I'll call it cross slash, but it's only two. It's only two sword swings. Have decent range, and they are really powerful. I use this mainly on like the fat pants and the large bodies because mm-hmm. it cut it, it cuts through there. Oh, you can't attack me from the front. Yeah, definitely. It's very similar to the end of Olympus Coliseum of just like Sora being like, I hope you find what you're looking for. Sora's like, I hope you find your dad, Cloud. It's basically it. Is that an elf reference? Yes. (laughs) Always is. Always has been. Gotcha. Alrighty. You know what's next. Like, I feel like we're like trapped in like a Nickelodeon or like a Nick (laughs) Jr. show of like, do you know what's coming up next? (laughs) Is it the exit hall? Yep. Yeah. This one, it's mostly low key. It it has, it has some cool moments or like cool moments. It has some things to be noted of, but mainly I think Goofy is like, I don't forget who King Mickey is. So therefore I, I still have value. Seems to be Goofy's like mental state. I was like, Goof, Goofy gonna be okay? And he's like, mm. yeah. <laughs> they do. They, there is a point where they'd be like, we'll never. We mentioned at the end of the last exit hall as a joke, but he does say something to the point of, we'll never forget the important memories. So, yeah, this, that actually just does happen. Stick but. around for a floor or two, Sora. Then come talk exactly. to me. Exactly. <laughs> we do get our first appearance of the one and only Lark scene. Yeah, but it's not a good cutscene, because, like, I don't really remember anything about it. <laughs> the only thing of important that I have now is, she, obviously, she, she she gets name-dropped, and she shows up, obviously, so it's like, oh, this is another black-coated character as part of the organization. Mm-hmm. Um, she mainly, so one, uh, she just straight up a B-word. The only important thing, I, I think, is that she notices how interested in Sora Axel is. So uh, Yeah. It's like almost Sora and Axel are tied together somehow, but mm-hmm. how? So after that, next world, Agrabah. Agrabah, Agrabah is very. I mean, we talked about uh, 
being cage like agrabah feels like the dietest version of the world i've seen so far yep literally like you can see them reusing like the same exact animations for like each scene of like genie doing the whole like oh wish number one and then like kind of like uh snapping his fingers to make the heart let's go away and then when he gets freed and he gets his legs and you're like wow this really is just exactly yeah um, spoiler alert we have to make aladdin use his first wish so we start with a heartless fight that we kind of get overwhelmed by and then he's like genie my first wish yep we have our first a uh, world-based party member and uh i got an excessive amount of aladdin cards I'm, I'm curious to see what your ratios were actually um not really or at least i didn't use them a lot um i think i got uh like a level two slate as in like two Aladdin cards on a slate uh, i got one of those once but yeah other than that i didn't notice but it also sounds like you just did a lot more battles than me so it might have been but i got like compared to donald and goof i got so many aladdin cards which i'll be fair i do like aladdin's uh strategy or his like action as a song it's like rush forward and then that also goes through fat bandits so that's super useful mm-hmm. i think it's his uh he has the same attack animation in kh1 at least so it, yep. it always like looks like it's like i've seen this before uh, the cool thing is that he makes enemies drop Moogle points, so I'm always about Ooh, that currency. Yeah, especially here, like, Moogle points are actually, like, kind of hard to come by, so that's mm-hmm. that's a nice perk for sure. We see more familiar faces. Surprise. Uh, we get our other two mages, so we get the, the operas, yellow operas, and the green requiems. We, of course, we're in, we're in Agrabah, so fandit, f- fant, we get, we get fandits, we get fat bandits and regular bandits, but we also get the air soldier mixed in. Them good old boys. Speaking of shortest cuts you never, the first key the first key carver is really just like, I wanna see Jasmine, I wanna be the prince. Ooh. It's we can skip this. I, I did skip this. <laughs> <laughs> I, as you should. Uh the second key room is Jasmine like I'm about to say off a cliff. She's a it's the room where the black fungus appear, uh in KH one. She's just at the bottom. It's like, we gotta help Ja now that I think about it, it's really just the first room all over again it's like oh characters in a pit uh we should we should fight because we yep. don't want to die here that that's it and uh, aladdin does wish like ja- i wish jasmine was safe and then they go to fight and he loses he loses the lamp the first game was already just like a horrible use of his wishes but now here where like everything just happens has to happen in like the lo-fi cut scenes it's like oh mm-hmm. aladdin i, I could have just gotten to, i could have just jumped down the pit and gotten her you didn't need to use your wish. <laughs> exactly. So here we are. We do get a 90th hour Jafar entrance. Yep. Aladdin's like, hi, we're good. Oh, wait, where's my lamp? And Jafar's like, I still exist. This actually ties a bit more to the well because K, because KH1 has kind of put its own plot within the worlds. Uh, Jafar does be like, I get to marry Jasmine. That way I get to be Shelton. Uh, it is what it is. Then our, our boss room, the Key of Truth room. This Genie Jafar boss is just much more annoying. In my oh, opinion. it was terrible. God. Yeah. So the first engage one is at least interesting because there's so many different like like uh, platforms that'll move and shift with the environment. Obviously, it's to avoid Jafar. In Recom, there are six of them, and they just change every few seconds to a like specific pattern there's no like 
this one's going to go up and down. This one's going to phase into the wall. It's like, I go low and you go high and we'll get yeah. to the wishing star before. Like, there was no, like, central platform that you could stay on. Yeah. They, like, all move at, like, different levels. And I, I noticed they changed much more frequently, which was annoying. So, yeah, there was, just, like, so many times where you just couldn't get to Yago. I was just like, okay, cool. I'll just wait. I'll just, I guess. I'll just chill on this platform. Uh, the gimmick card for the room does make all the platforms go back to the top level. So yeah. you get that gimmick card and, you know, you make use of it. Uh, Jafar for me. This So this was my first uh, death. I made a new deck and I did put any zeros in it. And Jafar is he, either the easiest or the biggest pain in the ass. Like, he's pretty simple, like, animation-wise. He has his big fireball throw or from one. But also swipe. He'll swipe the platforms and he has an extended eye laser attack in this, which is what ended my existence. Like, I went from half health to Yeah, it was much worse here than it was in the original game, for sure. Yeah, I got stunlocked to high hell, and I was like, I need a zero! And I realized I put no, no zeros in my deck. But very much like the original Jafar fight, it's you taking on Iago and just being like, oh, well, I gotta avoid a big dumb genie man. But Yep. Yeah, and so speaking of genie Jafar card... This is, I think it's the best enemy card in the game, so take that with what you will. But it stops card breaks on you. What does that mean? You can attack willy-nilly. Enemy card breaks don't matter. So it just completely breaks the game. (laughs) Yes! Well, I should suppose it only works for 20 attacks, so after 20 card breaks, Jafar's effect does go away. Still, that's six full combos. Exactly, you you can end the game a different way by Sora shoving his Keyblade Diary. Okay, I'll definitely definitely add him to my deck then. That sounds awesome. Mm-hmm. He's he's a, he's a worth it one. Even if you only use it for bosses. Because, you know, boss fights are kind of, well, I wouldn't say important, but more important than obviously our regular ass fights. So, mm-hmm. be what it be. We end with, Genie, you're free. I don't need to be your prince. Same old, same old. Yeah, we get our, our takeaway is that... Uh, Aladdin is focusing on the fact that she's like, Sora, as long as you have someone to go after, you'll always be okay. And obviously, I was going to say Kyrie, but actually we're in Chainment. We're, we're out of the Kyrie realm of influence. Mm-hmm. It's all about it's all about sweet baby Riku. So uh, it's just like, fine, Riku, you, you can do it, I think. And we do get a genie card, which is a seven. So very high powered. I forget what genie does. He either casts the Dagra gravira or something else maybe stop yeah i don't know i haven't used him yet and then fourth floor exit hall it's pretty pretty easy it's a sora kind of having memories of another girl from destiny islands here's where uh uh, this is where Nominate's fanfic starts. It's the only way I'm going to refer to this from now on. I remember when Sora and I were on the beach one day. We were sharing a Powerpoo fruit together. He gave me that look. He always gives me that look. It was his special <laughs> look. Yeah, no, that's accurate. Yeah, this is when the game starts to go off the rails even more than it has been for me. But we'll, we'll get into that some more once I really start setting in. But yeah, Sora. Definitely. Oh, look, that thing that everyone's been warning him is starting to happen. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, here endeth the tour. <laughs> so this is our stopping point for episode uno. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I was hoping for a more interesting note to end on, but... Eh, <laughs> Unfortunately not. Nominee, yeah. So next episode, we'll do another batch of floors. But yeah, this has been episode one of Chain of Memories. And... I can, I feel like I can picture Kevin's face saying this. Yeah, no. Literally, like, I, I sent you a gif after my first PlayStation, uh, play session of, like, my face playing just like an hour of calm or it's just nothing yeah. nothing but despair he's a stone cold killer now he wants to destroy shade of memories for all it's worth but yeah in the meantime uh you can email us at khbhpodcast at gmail.com email is in the description let us know what you think about chain of memories are you pro or con probably the most divisive game in the series i would say hmm. except for kh3 but that's because you know oh. that, that's still very much an open wound for some <laughs> Definitely. but yeah curious to hear what people have to say in favor or against the game yeah. Also reach out to us just to, you know, say hi, share any other, you know, Kingdom Hearts stories you have and whatnot. Uh, love to hear from you. And also uh, rate, review, subscribe, and share with your friends. Get the word out. Yeah, that that's my shilling for the episode. <laughs> One shilling for the boy, please. Cheetah <laughs> Memories is going to be a time. Memories. Everything's about memories. Memories and cards. That's going to be the next few episodes, folks. Yeah. <laughs> Hope you're ready. All right. I've been, um, uh, wait, what? What's my name again? I was about to say trapped in a closet. <laughs> well, that too, but I, I don't I don't remember how I got here. Who am <sighs> I? Who are you? Wouldn't we like to know? Well, whoever I am, this has been Kingdom Hearts by Hearts. New season, baby! Alrighty, thanks so much for listening, everybody. Have a good week. Stay cool out there. Hydrate. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.